what's going on, Gator Nation? It is great to be a Gator. It is great to be the host of this podcast, The Young and the Rowdies. What a blessing it's been to connect with former Gators uh, here on the podcast, the Young and the Rowdies, to give you everything Florida basketball and more interviewing former coaches, players, uh, current players, uh, you name it. If they had something to do with Florida basketball, we're going to have them on the show. Thank you guys so much for the support. I want to remind you to please continue to share, subscribe, uh, and just get this podcast out to everyone else that you think will be interested. Also, please follow the Field of 68 Media Network. Subscribe. Please, it's the, the network that has helped to make this thing possible for me, getting it out there to the world. Uh, without further ado, let me tell you, I'm really, really excited for uh, for our next, our next guest. Uh, he has a history of breaking nets, if you know what I mean. Anyways, my guy... Uh, that's coming up into this next show. I'm not going to let you know who he is, but let's just say that he's a pinpoint. He's a dead shot. He doesn't miss. Anyways, without further ado, not only is this guy, is he, is he a great shooter, but a great person. It was a really awesome show. We get into a lot of uh, fantastic stories on his journey uh, all the way from Tennessee coming to becoming a Gator, one of the most recognized Gators of all time. Uh, and let's get into the show. Without okay. further ado, I am so excited for our next very special guest. You guys know him all as the sniper, uh, as one of the most lethal shooters out there. You don't want to leave this man wide open. Even now to this day, I'm sure he can knock down 95 out of 100, maybe maybe all 100 uh, three-pointers. Uh, Lee Humphrey is joining us on this segment, this show of the Young and the Rowdies. Lee, how you doing, my man? I'm good, Pat. Hey, that was too kind of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I think it would just wait till you hear the real intro. Uh, you know, the, I, I do the real intro before the show starts. I'm going to I'm going to let everybody know how, how great of a shooter and just a person that you are uh, and just how humble you are, man. It's just just the, the time that I've got to spend with you. I'm just like, man, this is just a, such a great human being. And um, not only is he good at basketball, but he's, he's just awesome at being a good person and uh, just thankful that I get this opportunity to, to not only for me personally, get to see more into the life. Uh, of Lee Humphrey and what you've gone through, but also be able to share your journey with the world and everyone else. So all the way from Maryville, Tennessee, that's, that's a far, that's a long way from, well, not so far away, but you know, how did you end up in Gainesville? In Gainesville, you know, it's a long story. I mean, I grew up a Tennessee fan. I think most people know that uh, 20 minutes outside of Knoxville. I used to go to football games with my dad. He would, We'd buy tickets on, from scalpers on the street. Uh, we'd, go to, we'd go to basketball games. He was a coach, so we could get tickets over at Thompson Bowling. So I, I grew up around the SEC, really, and was a Tennessee fan. Um, but in my eyes, Florida was always – I mean, they were kind of the hot school. They had Teddy DuPay, Mike Miller, um, Donis Haslam, Final Four run. I remember watching him against Michigan State. I was actually in the gym shooting while that game was on with the TV on the side. So whenever, whenever I got, got the word from Coach Donovan, they were interested. I mean, it didn't take too much. I mean, to me, it was Kentucky and Florida as the cream of the crop in the SEC. Well, let's not, let's not get too far ahead. I want to go back to the beginning because, uh, you know, I, I, I do believe that a lot of people have a lot of talent uh, in this world, but also there's a lot of hard work and um, just the grind to be able to achieve excellence. A lot of people don't see the grind in the journey someone 
uh, goes through to get to where they are and to to see they see the fruit they see the results they see the the performance but they don't see the grind they don't see you know you in the gym with your dad working on your form or uh, before there was a shooting gun before there was any of this other stuff videos on YouTube you know what was first off what was how did you how did you start with basketball yeah so I I mean my dad was a coach so I was exposed to basketball early on and I remember going to his games he was a middle school coach uh, my favorite players were his players, middle school players. I thought they were great. Um, so I would hang out at practice. And then I think probably around, I mean, I started playing like most kids, of, you know, elementary school age and league. But once I got fourth, fifth grade, I was super into it uh, in the gym all the time. I think from probably fifth grade on, about every night I was in the gym with my dad finishing the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah. was was there was there a point you know what was what was uh typically with your dad what did you guys do as you developed your game and because I you know I think for for parents you know they want to push their kids into something you know maybe their passion but the, you know you can't push passion on somebody you can't make someone passionate you got but you see your son your son has it I'm sure he found out a way to cultivate that in you right and because you loved it you 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 loved it and, you're, and he's like all right if you love it I'm going to push you and help you get better. And, and this is the way that we're going to do it. So what was that, that process like? And how, how did he coach you and, and, and help you to keep that healthy balance of still loving the game and not getting burned out? Yeah, I mean, I think you really described it, really. It was more of just his demeanor, his mindset, his approach. He, he never really – I mean, he saw that I was interested. And, you know, we had, we had access to the gym, which helped, so he could help me out. And – uh, I would always ask, hey, dad, you want to go to the gym? And he would always say yes. That's awesome. I, I don't ever remember him saying no. We would go. And then at the same time, I don't ever remember him. I mean, he really let me, let me drive. And then he facilitated, helped, pushed me when, you know, pushed me at, at times. And he would do, he'd do some coaching, like after a game, he would point some things out to me. I'd always ask him what he thought. And then uh, I, I remember a few, a few strong lessons where I had a little bit of a temper as a, as a young guy. Mm -hmm. And he would get on to me about arguing with the refs. So he taught me some good <laughs> lessons. <laughs> you you argue with the refs? Ain't no, no way. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely relate, man. Uh, just I, I didn't have as much as that humility of always uh, seeking out the coaching. It took me a while to understand that's really what great players do. They seek out coaching. They seek out um, criticism because they understand they can't see everything. They don't know everything. They want to continue to learn. And it's of course, it's not perfect because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's dad. So, you know, if dad, if dad says it, it, it can't be true. And then you hear from another coach and you're like, oh, that's what my dad's been saying the whole time. And he's like, yeah, I know. Why don't you listen <laughs> to me? Well, I'm so learning I, that I, now. Three, three that. boys, so I'm, I'm learning it. Uh. Oh, man, just I can only imagine the patience uh, that you, you – <laughs> humble, humble – was there a moment where you, you called your dad and you're just like, Dad, I get it now. <laughs> I'm sure there's multiple moments. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely sure. He, uh, your dad had to be so proud. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people don't know, but you were Mr. Basketball uh, back in uh, the, the 3A division in, in Tennessee. That had to be a pretty exciting time, you know, averaging around 20, almost averaging tri triple-double. Uh, tell us a little bit about that senior, that senior season. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, really, my... I had I was fortunate. I had a lot of great teammates, a good high school coach too that helped me a lot. Um, and from about my sophomore season on, I had really similar years. 
And then I played the point guard in high school for the most part, junior, senior year, I moved over to the point. So most folks probably wouldn't guess that, but I played that <laughs> in high school. Um, obviously I shot a lot of threes, but I got to the basket quite a bit, handled the ball quite a bit. And uh, I mean, I, what I really remember and how it ties to Florida is, um, I had a, I played Tennessee Travelers with Corey Brewer. He was the age group below me, so we weren't on the same team. But we had uh, Corey, we had some other good guys. But with the Travelers, they had Vincent Yarbrough, they had David Harrison. Um, they had a lot of good players that Coach Donovan had recruited. So my, my, my high school coach, or my um, AAU coach, called up Coach Donovan when Tennessee was playing in Knoxville. And he's like, look, I don't, you guys probably don't even know who Lee Humphrey is, but I'm telling you, you got to just do me a favor and go watch him practice. <laughs> so uh, Coach Donovan didn't come, but Coach Grant and Coach Pelfrey came. It was Coach Pelfrey's last year at Florida. They watched the practice, and I think that was probably the best practice of my life. And it was probably <laughs> our team's best practice. Like, I think they probably showed up like, wow, this team is – you know, they probably, they've seen a lot of great teams, so maybe they didn't think they were that great. But they were probably impressed with the team, I thought, and I don't think I missed a shot all practice. And from that point on, they were, they were recruiting me. And then, you know, Mr. Mr. Basketball, I, I, I thought I had a shot going into my, junior, my senior year uh, because I'd made all-state team before and so forth. But, I mean, I never really would have imagined that I would have won that as a kid. Yeah, it was a, a great, a great accomplishment and, uh, you know, something to – Truly be great because a lot of factors go into that, to winning that. Uh, not only do you have to be really good, uh, you got to be consistent and your team needs to be good, needs to be competitive. You know, you can't be the best player on the worst team and with, uh, you know, barely winning any game. So uh, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. Well, so when going through your recruiting process there, uh, when did you first get to interact with Coach Donovan and when did they offer you? And, you know, what, what was that like mm -hmm. in deciding and finalizing where you're going to go? Yeah, so I went, I mean, I, I met Coach Grant, Coach Pelfrey during the school year. And then I think Coach Donovan had called me a few times uh, to show some interest, but I really didn't get to meet him until the next summer. So that was the summer going into my senior year. And that's when I think I took an unofficial visit down to Florida. Um, it's one of only two visits I took. I took an unofficial in Tennessee when I was sophomore, freshman or sophomore. And then uh, that summer they offered offer me, so that was it. I didn't. Even, I took one official visit. It was Florida, and it was after I'd already signed. Were, yeah. were there any other other schools that you were you know you were looking at at that time? Yeah, there, my my second was Marquette. Um, Tom Crean was there, and they were recruiting me, telling me, "Hey, we, you know, we got Travis Diener watching point guard. He's going to be really good." They made the Final Four that year with D Wade, so he was right. They were great. Um, and they were saying, hey, you come in, you know, see if you could be the next Travis Diener. So I was thinking, you know, Marquette was also a good option, but outside of Marquette, probably Stanford, um, West Virginia, I think. I don't know. No one was really close, though, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I got you. That's, that's, I mean, yeah. I think you made the right, yeah. I think you made the right, I think you made the right decision. You know? <laughs> I, I do have a funny story, though. So Clemson was actually recruiting me, and um, Larry Shiat was their head coach. Wow. And so he came and, you know, I was in school when uh, and he came up for, he just stopped by at high school and he didn't give much heads up like a day or two. And I had a big test the next day and he got me out of calculus class. Oh man. 
and, and I was really stressed out about it. And he had a big book. It was like that big binder. And he sat there with my high school coach, put it down on the table. He started going through all the books. I think he thought, hey, this is studious guy. I'm going to make a connection. Uh, school's important for him. I'm going to like show him how regimen we are or you know we make our guys do all this and fill out all this paperwork we're tracking all your classes and I'm thinking you know that's not really what I wanted you to pitch me on but <laughs> what about bas yeah basketball yeah, first basketball. off coach I have a calculus uh, yeah. exam going he was, on he was asking me questions and I wasn't paying attention and so I couldn't really answer him I didn't know what to say so my high school coach was trying to help me out <laughs> oh man I love Coach Shy, man. What a great guy. Yeah, he was guy. great. Turns out he comes to Florida, and I love him. So, <laughs> fan, fan, Fantastic guy. So transitioning on, you're getting to Florida. You're, you know, you're there from 03 to 07. Um, but coming in as a freshman, uh, what were some of the, you know, your expectations? First off, what, you know, what was Coach Donovan telling you uh, through your recruiting process, how you would, um, he would fit you in and growing into the system and, et cetera, being used. Uh, and then, uh, you know, as a, I think we all kind of hit a, as a freshman or a high school uh, senior that played really well, then we get to being, being, a, being a freshman in, in college. And there's mm -hmm. some point where we're like, oh man, this ain't, <laughs> this ain't high school no more. Like, this is like a lot tougher. What, what was that moment like for you? Yeah, I, I actually think for me, I, I didn't have a lot of high expectations coming in because I wasn't, I mean, I was recruited by a lot of schools, but I wasn't like the most recruited guy out there. Um, Boy Brewer, obviously way more recruited than I was. And then even the rest of the guys in those were class too. So, I mean, Florida had Matt Walsh at the time, Anthony Roberson and Rashid Alcoline. Uh, I'm trying to remember who we had at the guard spot, um, who else, Ryan Appleby came in with me as a point guard. So my mindset really was, I mean, Matt Walsh was great. He, he had scored like 40 points his first game at Florida. So I knew it was going to be a fight for me to get playing time. Christian Dreyer was on the team too. And he was at the time projected to be probably a first round draft pick. So we had a ton of talent. Um, and my mindset really was just to come in and coach Donovan and, you know, he, he obviously liked the way I could shoot the ball. That's what he wanted me to do. Um, my mindset was I've just got to come in and scrap and fight and try to earn some playing time. And my freshman year was, was up and down, but it turned out to be a really positive year for me. I finished the year starting for the last half of the SEC season. It's, um, it's ironic that, you know, a lot of guys that can shoot really well aren't normally known as being the best defenders, but you did such a great job of, uh, showing people that that's not who you are. Uh, what was it about? Like, what did you just realize that, uh, you know, I want to be more effective because, uh, you know, even though I have this great ability of scoring, you know, if I get a lot of shots, it's, they're hard to come by because they're scouting. People know, you know, how right. else can I be, how else can I be effective on the court? Because any, I mean, I, Coach Donovan did this with us one time. Uh, I guess we were having some difficulties uh, sharing the ball. And, uh, you know, point guards have the ball in their hand most of the time. And Coach Donovan showed us that, uh, I guess he had somebody on a stopwatch to go through the film and, and show us how much time we actually even have the ball in our hands in a, you know, in a 40-minute game. 
And it's like 30 seconds, uh, 20 seconds. You know, being a big man, it's a lot shorter than being a point guard. It's a lot more. And right. he's like, he's like, for the, for the rest of the game, what else can you do to contribute and be valuable and stay on the court? And that just helped me to have my mindset of, oh, gosh, like, you know, I need to become one of the best pick and roll defenders. I need to become a better uh, rebounder, communicator on the court, higher energy, yeah. um, good screen setter, all these other things that add up into winning to help my team. You know, what, what was that like for you to figure out that uh, what else you can do to be effective and a great teammate uh, and a reliable guy on the court? Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's actually, that's a cool story because I don't remember Coach Donovan doing that with us, but I actually really remember those stats because I came back when I was still playing uh, over Christmas break to watch a game. Um, my, my wife was in school at the time, so I came back to see her. And I, I remember in the gym, he was talking about it. I think he may even had something up on the wall. So I was thinking about it. And I was like, wow, that's right. I never really even thought about it. But then thinking back, I, I was thinking after that, I was thinking back the way Coach Donovan coached, the way he organized practice. Even though he didn't directly talk to us about that, it was just the way that he he never he never put the emphasis on the actual result, like the, the result or the outcome. It was all about the process that goes into it, the execution beforehand, and then the rest just kind of takes care of itself. So, I mean, that's and, and I think I saw that, and the rest of the guys saw that too from Coach Donovan and the rest of the staff, that there was so much focus on the details right? Um, that it was hard not to focus on that yourself. And then it just kind of translates naturally, I think, um, or it did for us at least. Was there any drill that you guys had to do, like, that you can remember on an everyday process? Because uh, I, I remember for us, especially going into my senior year, uh, we had to do this. It wasn't exact. It was like a shell drill, but it had to do do with like dribble handoff, getting back to the white line, and uh, we would do it before every single practice. And uh, we, you know, it took us a while to embrace it, right? Um, because it's like, gosh, man, we got to do this stupid, this same drill. Like we got it, we figured it out. But it was in Coach Donovan's method methodology of, of of coaching the team, you know. Be great at the foundational things. Be great at the small things. Right. And and because that's what separates a good team from a great team. Not just that they do it every now and then, that they have spurts. They consistently, and you can't do it every single time, but I'll say the 99.9%, you're striving to, to do the little things, jumping to the ball, on the white line, looking at your man to box out, uh, running the floor, getting in your lanes, and, and so many different things. You know, what, what, was there some type of drill – uh, or that he had you guys doing um, that you guys maybe dreaded a little bit? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. I could go back to a lot of drills that I thought were hard. Uh, <laughs> I battle those off for a long time. Uh, and I can also think of, we, yeah, we, we, I mean, the one that I dreaded the most was at the time you could only have four players on the court before season started and you had your preseason practices. It was twice a week. You'd have individuals, and you'd usually have weights the other two days or something. I can't remember exactly how it was organized. But you would get in there with four guards, and we would, go, and we would press. And it would be two-on-two, two, full court, you know, all over your guy. And, I mean, two-on-two two pressing is, will wear you out. And, not, and to make it worse, we would do it with a heavy ball. Oh, man. 
<laughs> and so you got 40, 40 minute, in, you know, individual workout, four guys, and you got 20 minutes of pressing two on two, you're, you're gassed at the end of it. So that's probably what I dreaded the most. Um, but we actually, so I think it was my junior, senior year, maybe sophomore year, we did this too. We had peer pressure drills. You guys probably had the peer pressure mm -hmm. drills. Oh, yeah. so my freshman year, we didn't have them. But peer pressure, there was about five or six drills that coaches would mix up. And we knew, I mean, we knew them by heart. But he would pick two or three of them. And that day, we couldn't start practice until we did peer pressure drills perfectly. Some of them were weaves. Some of them yep. were layups without letting the ball hit the ground. Um, some of them was two-man passing where you're running down the court with two guys and one guy bounce passes, the other guy chest passes. Um, and, I mean, those – that gets – pretty monotonous throughout the season, but they were, they were on you. You had to do them perfectly before you could start oh, practice. I'm sure you guys did the, uh, the weave drill with um, you know, two guys, you know, three-man weave down the court. The two on the outside have a jump shot. The one has a layup. And that, you know, at, in three minutes, you have to get to a certain number, like 100-something oh, yeah. points. And 22 and two. Oh, man. Gosh. <laughs> 22 and 2. That's all a coach would say. You just get on the line. 22 and 2. Here we go. <laughs> 22 and 2. Uh, man. So, um, so, Lee, obviously your class is, is uh, one of the, the most well-known in uh, Florida basketball history. Um, a lot of those guys, you might not have necessarily had a close relationship right when you had gotten to campus. What was it like, um, you know, with your tight-knit group of guys forming those relationships and seeing those guys grow I'm sure you've got stories uh you can share um but you know tell us about about your your group of guys that ended up going on to do uh you know some awesome things in your tenure well yeah I mean where to start so I mean I think you know I got to go back so I kind of I mean we, we we had a nice foundation from the previous set of guys that I mentioned like David Lee Matt Walsh Anthony Roberson um, and no, I mean, those guys were phenomenal and great. Uh, so I think, it, I mean, it really helped us because as freshmen, my freshman year, I played with those guys my sophomore year, um, you know, the 04 class was in. And I, I, we talked about it a lot in different places, but we used to play pickup against those guys, the older guys. And it was usually 04s and myself. And then we would play against the older guys. And we were always really competitive, but I think the whole time we just wanted to prove ourselves like, Hey, we're right. going against the older guys. You know, this is our time to shine really and show what we can do. And we took it really seriously. And I don't, we just naturally clicked. I think everyone had such a different skill set that they could, uh, you know, excel at that it just naturally fed together. So that helped. Uh, but that's really where I think the bond started to form. Um, and of course, the Oakland guys are all close. They lived with each other um, all four years. So they obviously were tight. Um, but I think we were tight because of it too. Uh, so Chris Richard as well um, with me. So I lived with Chris Richard my freshman year. And then we had different dorm rooms, but same areas after that. And uh, we were always around the guys, always in the gym, um, going to meals together. So I don't know. It's natural how the bond formed. I remember, uh, I think, talking to Duke, Duke Warner, uh, still there. Dave Warner, the um, athletic trainer, he's been with the Gators uh, for, for the people that don't know. Can't wait to have him on the show. 
uh, that Joe Kim, you know, from his freshman year, first off, he couldn't he couldn't get on time. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't get in. He couldn't he, he couldn't be on time anywhere. And he came in, uh, you know, as skinny as skinny as can be. Um, you know, what was it like seeing him transform and grow up through through the, the, the tenure? Because I, I know that um, because he couldn't be on time, Matt Herring, that was a strength coach at the time, uh, had him up early, running stadiums multiple times of the year, so especially the fresh, his freshman year. So, oh, yeah. uh, well, you know, I'm sure you got some great stories, but also uh, what was it like seeing Joe Kim grow up and grow into the player that he ended up becoming? Yeah, I mean, it was great to watch Joe because he had just the perfect mindset, the exact teammate that you would want, always working hard, always competitive. Um, in practice, I mean, you could see it. You know, he could, he could have his fiery moments too, just out of frustration. But it's good for the team to have that, I think. Um, so, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, some of, like, we, we started checking classes after, uh, after those guys got on campus. I don't yeah. remember having class checks my freshman year. But, but once Joe, Al, Tori, and Corey all were there, managers started checking our classes, and they'd report back to the coaches who's there and who's not. Man, them class checks were no joke, man. <laughs> Especially, especially study, study hall so bad. I, I hope you didn't do this, but I remember, and I hope the guys uh, aren't doing this now, but we had freshman year, we had the uh, five-hour study hall rule. Oh, yeah. Uh, that you had, you had to be in there for five, at least five hours a week. And right. I'm so ashamed. Kids, don't, don't do this. Be, be uh, integritous. You know, have integrity. Do what you say you're going to do. Uh, show up. Because I would slide them, you know, you, <laughs> slide the they, they, you get, you, you would slide in your car. There was the way it was set up in uh, uh, the OSL or Hawkins Center was you would come up through the elevator um, and there was a, a hallway and there were stairs uh, straight across. Um, and but before the stairs that you could leave, um, there were people that would, would check you in. And then there was a door that would lead you back to behind the study hall area where the computers are. There's a quiet room area. And it was a requirement by Coach Donovan and the staff for us to be there five hours uh, a week just to make sure we stay on top of our priorities. You know, it was – it makes sense. We're in college. We're student athletes as well. So we need to make sure we stay, stay eligible, stay on top of our stuff. And somehow, I don't remember who told me, uh, but they said you could finesse the system. <laughs> <laughs> you, would just, you would just slide them your Gator 1, you know, check in. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> good to see you. Yeah, blah, blah. You walk around the corner as if you were going to check in. You would wait till someone else came up, and then you would slide down the stairs, and you would leave, <laughs> go to go eat, go do whatever. Then you would come back up the stairs and get your card back after a few hours. Like, yeah, yeah, I had a great session. <laughs> and then you know, before you knew it, you never got called <laughs> until you until I forgot my card one time and I got in a lot of trouble. So, <laughs> yeah, who did you, you talk to, Coach Donovan or? Huh. Probably Tom Williams. Probably yeah. Tom Williams. Yeah, he he. Tom Williams. He had to straighten me out a few times my freshman year, but I, I really appreciated it. it uh, he helped yeah. me to become uh, a much better student and a better man. Yeah, uh, that's that's good. I, I remember. I mean, Coach was. He didn't mess around. After the first championship, we actually ran at six a.m. in the morning, probably within a week of after we won the championship, because. Class check, not going to class. <laughs> hey, I ain't going to class. Quick. <laughs> I 
and going to class after winning a championship. Like, oh, <laughs> one week? Come on, man. Like, <laughs> on top of the world. Um, so going into, um, you know, the 05, 06 season, um, you know, people, I, I, I went on Twitter to ask some, uh, some people some questions that they, they might have for you. Uh, some of them stood out to me. You know, did you, did you realize that you guys were going to be that good? Like was of course, I'm knowing Coach Donovan, knowing um, the type of character guys that he recruits. Um, of course, you guys prepared and and were ready. Um, but did you foresee? I mean, no, I don't think anyone just says, "Yeah, we're going to win the championship." But did you? Was there a point where you're like, "Man, we are a championship caliber team. Like, we really have a, sh- a shot to do it." And this this right. was before before anyone really would count you guys in. Right. I think there's two points that really stand out to me. So the first one was in the summer, we were going over to Coach Donovan's house. We had a team dinner out at Coach Donovan's house. And I had a Jeep um, that I drove on campus. It was a 1967 Jeep, no doors, no top, three speed, (laughs) no power steering. Uh, and, and, And the stick was, you know, like you're changing the gear in a bus. So that was actually the car that I learned to drive on. And it was the same car that my dad learned to drive on. I was always really proud about that. And so I had it, I had it in Gainesville for a year. And we were coming back from Coach's house. And it was me, Corey, Al, and Joe. So like the three, three of the biggest dudes you can have in the Jeep. So they were so big, they couldn't actually sit on the seat. They had to sit on the back of the seat and hold on to the <laughs> low bar <laughs> and I just yeah. remember driving on campus and I looked over at the guys and we were all talking it was like guys we're gonna be we're gonna be really good this year and we all at kind of like looked at each other and like yeah you know what I think I think we are going to be really good this year like you said we didn't I don't think anyone thought we were winning the championship but we had a lot of confidence from that and that was midsummer before you even started fall workouts um, and then the second one and this is where I think I, the first time I really thought you know maybe we're going to win a championship it was the elite eight um, elite eight we just beat Villanova uh, in Minneapolis and coach Donovan had all the all, all the guys there so starting five Chris Richard Walter Hodge from Austin, we were standing there, and he he looked at the guys and he said, "Guys, we got a chance to do something really special." And then after he said that, I was like, "Okay, we can, we can, we can win the championship." I mean, I, I, the whole time, I always I never thought we were going to go into a game and lose um, the whole season almost. I mean, after we won the the kickoff tournament, Madison Square Garden against Syracuse, preseason NIT, um, I never went into a game thinking, "Hey, we're going to lose this." But that that moment against Villanova after the game is when I really first first started thinking, hey, we're gonna get a real shot here. That's awesome! Wow, that's a that's incredible. I, I I guess to say for my class, going into our senior year, um, you know, Scotty, Casey, Scotty Wilbekin, Casey Prather, Will you get and I, um, we we kind of saw the blueprint of the guys before us. And not to knock their leadership, but we just knew that when it was going to be our time, uh, we were going to do things differently, that we were going to really play for each other, that we knew how much we loved each other. Um, we had fallen short in the Elite Eight three years in a row. 
But that third season, after we lost to um, to Michigan, you know, they 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 handed it to us. Um, they just got Nick Stauskas got extremely hot as mm-hmm. Mitch McGarry, Trey Burke. Those guys just played unbelievably well. Um, we just were so locked in on becoming first off a defensive team. We we had one of the best uh, defensive oh, yeah. points per game uh, because we we just were so locked in the team defense. We understood what the coach was what Coach Donovan was was uh, trying to get us to do. And it was crazy at first when we went into that senior year, we kind of did not have that humility to start off because it doesn't matter how you good how good you were before. You have to – Coach Donovan was like, I don't care how good you guys were last year. You have to lay the foundation for this year. Yes, you have a good reference point of what you can be and what you are right. capable of, but that still requires you putting that work in every single day because uh, we had a, I think we had a preseason game against Georgia Tech, and we were all just like caught up in in the the stuff that, because we were way better than Georgia Tech in the preseason game, but we we let them stay with us because we were focused in on the wrong things, and after about we that that finally clicked for us, we realized that we could hold teams to forty points, yeah, and if they and if they scored fifty, we were pissed off that we 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 realized that. We have one of the best pick and roll uh, duos, de- defending defending duos in the country. That uh, literally, we were capable of stopping everybody. I don't think there was a point where we were we were like, you know, let's go undefeated in the SEC and let's do this and let's win thirty right. games in a row. We we were just so caught up as and we you know we we were a, a reciprocated coach Donovan of just being in the moment, focusing yeah. on today, focusing on the present, and. You know, looking back, it was like, man, that was the best way to do things. Even though we felt we fell short, um, the fact that we, you know, that that's that senior year that I had was some of the best basketball I ever got a chance to play, uh, because that was truly where basketball was just us living in the moment, playing for each other, living life together, and you know, not worrying about anything else. And uh, so blessed, so blessed to have been a part of that, man. Uh, some of the best basketball, Florida, Florida basketball history. I mean, you guys incredible run and undefeated in conference is kind of like unheard of maybe Kentucky did it maybe did they do it a year or two they did it right they did it right after us but 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 the coach Donovan always said that hey we did it first yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) so I remember falling I I was I was like man I was watching the um, championship game and it's like did you guys get up like 20 to 2 or final four game like 20 to 2 we were up like 20 to like they had they were still in the single digits yeah we were yeah. We, it was it's hilarious because people were <laughs> I was like too soon it's still too soon you know when <laughs> during during the election uh this recent one people were saying you know stop the count stop the count uh people were having uh bringing up uh, an image of when the score was whatever we were up in the first quarter and they're like right. stop the count stop the count and I'm like <laughs> I wish I wish I wish a game was only like 10 minutes long and we could you know be hoisting that trophy I wish yeah. yeah but um transitioning a little bit um let's see what were we just talking about I had a I had a good one I wanted to ask you no no one if we oh yeah I got you I got you okay Lee so we, we were just talking about uh you know mentioning my one of my, my team and it's always been something um that I've wondered. Let's take your best. Your which team? Which team are you taking? Your 06 team or your 07 team? We'll go as 07 team. Okay. 
your 017 versus my 2014 team. Who 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 you got? You think it's gonna be a close game? You think you guys are gonna blow us out, or you think we, it, it would be neck and neck? Or what, what's, what's your take on that? Um, well, Coach Donovan told us that hey, UCLA had all this hype about how great their defense was. He's like, wait till they play us. We're going to destroy them. And we're going to show them what a real defense is like. So I'm just going to take that same mindset against you guys and be like, hey, that's not a real defense. We're going to put up a lot of points. <laughs> I, I, think, I think if it came down, it would be a, a tough battle for sure. It, it, it would be a hard-fought game. Man, I'm not sure what it would come down to. Uh, <laughs> defense wins championships. Matchups would be, uh, you know, I would be guarding Al. Uh, Will you get? Would be guarding Joe. Um, Casey Prather would be guarding Corey Brewer. See, Scotty would have Toreen, and Mike Frazier would be locking, uh, lock, trying to lock you up. <laughs> shooter, shooter we're, versus we're trying shooter. to do the same to each other. Just yeah, we're deny, trying to do the same. <laughs> Not getting the ball. Deny, deny, deny. I, oh man, I don't, I don't know. That's, whew. you know, my, what I, one thing I always wish, I wish I would have just done better is uh, just having my conditioning be a little bit better because I think Joe Kim just that energy. He was one of those guys that just seemed to never get tired, or mm -hmm. you know, or just you know, he's a springboard, come a catalyst to get something going. Uh, and that's that's something I always was like, man, that's that's the thing that makes that guy special. He might not be the most talented or it might not look the best, but right. he, he he was able to get it done. Yeah, uh, he, he he may have played the games like he didn't get tired, but I've seen him get tired. I've seen him get pretty tired in practice. You seen, you seen him get pretty tired <laughs> in practice. So I got I got a few a few more questions to ask you. Um, so I talked to Teddy Dupay on the show a few a few weeks ago. And he told me of a story, and I don't. I need you to verify if it's true or not. That you and him <laughs> had a shooting contest. Yeah. Tell tell this us is, a little bit about the shooting this, contest because I, I, I don't good, I don't want I don't story. want to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first time I ever met Teddy. So Teddy and David Lee were pretty good friends, and I it was before freshman year, so I just got there for summer B. Um, I showed up at the gym. David was there with Teddy. And David's like, hey, Teddy, you got to shoot against, got to shoot against Lee. He's going to give you, you know, he's going to give you a run for the money. And so he, David Lee rebounded 100 shots for me and Teddy. We did 10 shots apiece at uh, 10 spots. And we got to the final spot and we were, we were tied. And I hit 91 out of 100 and Teddy hit 92. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I missed one or two. I missed one or two on my last 10 and I lost. So I need a rematch with Teddy. Was he, was he talking noise that whole time or, or oh, it yeah, was just definitely. like, oh man, I, I'm for sure. No, it was, no, it was not a silent. It wasn't like you get a free shot. Was, <laughs> yeah. Knowing Teddy, I know he was trying to get in your head, get in your head the whole time. Um, I also got another one. Uh, some fan, and I don't remember this story. Uh, so you'll you'll have to tell me. Apparently, you you felt you remember falling off of a bike before a Kentucky game. <laughs> before before Ole Miss. <laughs> before Ole Miss. Okay, yeah. so the details yeah. are wrong. Okay, <laughs> so, so this is obviously a home game. Well, no, we were actually on the road. So oh no, yeah. we were we were. So what happened? We played Bandy on a Saturday. We played great, destroyed Bandy. We had a Tuesday night game at Ole Miss. 
And so coach after game always like taped up, ready to go, whatever time, like one o'clock in the afternoon. So we taped up, ready to go for practice. We're sitting in film. You know, all right, we're gonna watch a little bit of Andy. Then we're gonna watch personnel or something from Ole Miss to start getting ready. And Coach Donovan just comes in, he says, guys, cut your tape off, go home, you know, no practice today. So I was, uh, we were all pumped. We were like, okay, I was thinking it's one o'clock on a Sunday. What am I gonna do the rest of the day? <laughs> so I had, a, I had a road bike. I used to ride in the summer. I'd go ride the Hawthorne Trail. Uh, I'd time myself, figure out like, how fast can I ride the Hawthorne Trail. And then um, I was thinking, okay, I'll go for a quick bike ride. And I went off, went off the, I went off the curb um, near the education school, the education building, and I and I flipped over the top of my my bike and separated the shoulder. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. And we were going to we were going to Japanese steakhouse that night for a team dinner. So I wrote, I picked up my bike and I couldn't move my arm. Oh I, my I just gosh. Plopped it down on the bike, rode back, and told Duke, "Cause like Duke, you got to help me, Coach Donovan." Coach Shy were on the treadmill and came in. I think he was in shock. Like, what happened? <laughs> uh, I'm sure they had a lot more words than what happened. <laughs> I can only imagine what Duke's face was like. Like, what the F are you doing, Lee? Like, what, right. what are you thinking? <laughs> well, I'm thankful. I'm thankful it was a bike and not a scooter because there's been a lot of, uh, since when I was in school, there were a lot of kids that had gotten in accidents oh, yeah. on, on, their, on their little mopeds and, you know, would, would end up missing missing their whole seasons. Right. I mean, we actually, it was funny. We had, I, I used to think about it. We only had, no one on our team had a scooter, I think. That's great. And I think only two guys had cars. Hmm. Maybe three guys had cars. And I'm sure, I'm sure you guys were all uh, driving around <laughs> together uh, yeah. all the time. Um, I know you get asked this question often, I'm sure, when, when uh, you run to Gator fans. March 23rd, 2007, in the tournament, okay. there's a 10-minute delay. You call, it, you call it a 10-minute delay in the game. What, 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 what's going through your mind when you, you – you, and I – like, it's good, goodness gracious. You shot that ball, and it just ripped – like, it just, like, was so pure uh, of, of a make. And the Nets just, just ripped. Uh, like, people, you know, the fans, people can't believe, like, did this? Did, did he really just make a shot so well that it just ripped the net? You know, what was going through your mind uh, at that time and when you realized what happened? I, a shock, really. I think I was just, you know, you're playing the game, you're into it. Uh, I was feeling pretty good that game. I, I think I ended with seven threes or so. And, um, I mean, it lasted forever. I kept on thinking – what? Just, just tie it together. Just tie it together. Just, <laughs> just get some, get some, uh, <laughs> get some, get some zip ties and just zip it on there. And we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. So, I mean, it, it drug on for a long time, and I kept on thinking they have to have, they have to have something better than this. I think that's what I was thinking. And that, but now it's fun because you know, my son's seen it on on YouTube or wherever, and he's like, "Daddy, why'd you rip the net?" You know, that's kind of what. <laughs> why'd you do I'm it? I'm gonna rip the net someday. <laughs> Hey, that's a great goal to aspire to. Absolutely, <laughs> why not? Do it. Do it the same exact way. Um, so this this next question uh, I have for you is from Jerome Millman, uh, Super Gator, one of the greatest guys I know. Every every road game, uh, Mr. Jerome is is there uh, cheering oh, yeah. us on. Uh, first off, he wanted to tell you, Lee, that uh, you know he's so 
Uh, he loves hearing from you. Loves that uh, seeing you uh, that you're doing a great job on the broadcast um, and just keep it up. Um, love loving yeah, what you're, you're doing yeah, and awesome well. seeing you stay stay involved. Um, and he wanted to ask you, Lee, what did you do that other shooters don't? That and what that uh, what did you do that other shooters did not do that led to your consistent success? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> Um, I think one, I started really early. So I was shooting all the time when I was young. So I got to see a lot of shots go through the hoop. I think that's, that's the big, big key. You can't, it's all about repetition, uh, consistency, uh, making sure every shot is the same. Mm -hmm. I remember I also played, I also played a lot of one-on-one growing up, make it, take it. And if I was advising kids to do that, that want to become good players, I would say, hey, go, go grab a buddy for an hour and play one-on-one, make it take it. And uh, I would go to – would, I would do it with um, the guy that was pretty good on my high school team, was a great defender. Uh, he played at Wake Forest. Uh, we played make it take it. And you really just learn to score. Because in a game, right. you got to – it's not like – I mean, you get open, wide open shots, and you can shoot kind of your normal spot shot. But really – you need to train yourself to get into a groove. Yeah. So you need to train yourself to roll off like four or five makes in a row. Because then if you hit one, then you just get this feeling and, and the ball just starts going through the hoop. So the I think you've got to play a lot and do a lot of repetition yeah. and you've got to have some success scoring on people. Yeah, I, know, I, think, I think that, you know, ana- with analytics, they tell you that there's, you know, no such thing as a true hot streak. But – I don't think they account for feel. It's, it's int- you can't measure it. That the feel you get from just knowing your shots when it comes off your hand, uh, getting to your positions, your spots. Sometimes you just you could you just know the motion without even thinking about it. Like that's that's in that's a bucket. That's my shot. He can't yeah. stop this. I'm going to get there and it's going to go in. And it's not always uh, a feeling that you can get every time. But like you said, you. Once you you knock you knock that first one down, then that second one you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You well. It's like you, you get into a, a mindset where you're like, well, I'm not gonna miss, so I'm shooting it. <laughs> it I, you you after you make five in a row, the, the rim is like this big, <laughs> like it's just it's going in the basket. <laughs> so let's let's transition a little bit, going to um, you know post Florida. Um, first of all, I want to ask you this. Uh, before we get into you know professional career a little bit, what's what has been your favorite part about covering the program that you you played for? And well, first off, how did how did you start getting into broadcasting? Because I know you you were doing something before, right? Uh, and then and what's been your favorite part about doing it so far? Yeah, I, I mean, I do, at first I love doing the broadcast. It's so much fun. Um, I think this is my third season now, um, and really, I I knew I knew. Uh, Bill Koss, who was on the show, he lives in Jacksonville, so we had had a connection. We would stay in touch. Um, and then I stayed in touch with some folks at the university, too. Um, so I think they, they, they knew I was out there, and if they gave me a shout, I may give it a shot. But I told Bill, like, hey, if you ever need help or um, want some help on the broadcast, feel free to reach out to me. And so um, it turned out they needed, they needed coverage for Thanksgiving tournament down in the Bahamas. Um, so I jumped on it. 
and, and love it. So, I mean, there's a lot of great things. Uh, this year this year is definitely different. I mean, it's not the same this year as, as the other years, but I mean, what I love most probably is just being around, being around the program, um, being around the guys at times. I mean, I, I don't really interact with them that, that much, but it's cool to like see how their trips work, uh, see how they get along, you know, the team atmosphere that they have, um, how the coaches interact, um, and then being like this year we're not on the floor, but last year you're on the floor. So when you call a home game, you're right there in front right there. of the reptiles. And and I always just think, man, the game moves so fast down here. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I don't right. know. I always felt like when you watch a game, it's faster than when you actually play. I I agree. I think I think so. Uh, you know, being in that in that position where you're now covering, especially you know the school you played for, does it ever just cross your mind of like? Man, you know, a lot of a lot of people are here uh, because of the pro, you know, the teams that I was on and helped building this program. And because you know, seeing Exact Tech Arena now that it the way it is now, and I come back and I see how the the student hall all is now. Like it's the it, I never got a chance to go on one of those preseason tournaments as well, and all these other things. But it's like you know, my team helped lay the foundation. Your team helped lay that foundation for us. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for, for, for you and in the class after you, uh, you know, is there a moment that you're like, man, this is just like, it's so awesome just to be a part of all this and to have, you know, put a drop in the bucket more than, more than, (laughs) more than a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? Way more than a drop. Right. No, I mean, I, I think, uh, definitely feel like that because, you know, we invested so much in the relationships and the school. Uh, it meant so much to us. I mean, I think all of us got so much from the university as well and the chance to play together. Um, it's awesome to be able to to contribute. And then when I really feel it the most uh, is when um, when the guys get on a roll, <laughs> like in, in, during a broadcast and, and things start to flow and the team is really playing well and you can get enthusiastic about the game uh that's my that's my favorite part of the games and i think that's actually when i feel like the most connection yeah that's all i mean it, it's it's so great being able to see that i remember coming back uh watching the guys beat auburn last season oh yeah, that's um, awesome game. Yeah. it was great it was a great game and just seeing how rowdy the, the rowdy the rowdies were getting and just the excitement i'm like man it's so great to be a gator and this is uh, this is what we represent. This is what we represent. This is uh, this is what it's about. Um, so you've been doing this, you know, going to your third season now. You've gotten a chance to have a little bit of a more than a sample size of you know what Coach White has done and what he's building uh, in the program. You know what what are your what do you see uh, for this team and this program and under his leadership uh, so far? Yeah, I think Coach White's done a great job. I mean, he came in Elite Eight first year and then. Um, has had a lot of success. I don't know the stats, but I think still tops in SEC and wins. I mean, and right now the team is playing really well. Uh, they've had a ton of adversity this year, obviously, in, in major, major things. So, I mean, they're, but they are, they've got a, at times and most times now, I mean, we had the week before last, we lost that, we lost to Mississippi State, we lost to Alabama. I mean, the, the team, it was different, I felt like, than what they've been the rest of the season. But when I watch them, how they played against um, 
gosh, I can't even think. Play Vandy tomorrow, but who did we play last? Uh, when we beat Tennessee, but, and then we beat Georgia. Georgia away. Like when I watched the team, it reminded me of us. There was a togetherness, a passion, inspiration. The guys flying around, and I think the I think they've got a lot of talented players right now and, and and that's what's cool to watch is them coming together and I felt like for the most part this year that's how that's the way they played even with dealing you know with I mean extraordinary I mean I can't imagine how they would how they felt with Keontae I mean I still just can't even think yeah. about that how, how they would feel so um, you know and then with COVID and Scotty's been out for a while I mean I, I feel like they've done a nice job coming together as a team it's it's really it's it's insane, man. You know uh, the the amount of adversity this this team has faced, and the fact that they've you know they've really reiterated and just shown how as as a human as human beings how when we are together, when we can when can can stick together and like take ownership. And you know when we say when I say take ownership, I don't want people to to think that I'm saying like you disregard the pain and the unjust things that are happening. You just taking ownership is saying this is the hand that we're dealt. This is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Let's bind arms. Let's fight. Let's be together. Let's support each other. Let's let's strive to make the most out of the situation. And and through that, we're gonna grow. We're gonna get better. Uh, it's not. It might not look the, the prettiest, uh, and it's not gonna be easy necessarily. But it's it's been really cool, especially watching watching guys step up. I mean, Tyree Appleby's looking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I I had really high hopes for him coming into the season because I got a chance to see him practice. Uh, good seeing Anthony DeRuji. This the kid Castleton came out yep. of nowhere. Man, he's a stud. He's a stud. <laughs> <laughs> oh baby, he's a stud. <laughs> get him but, get him back to the basket one on one in the post. Oh man. <laughs> but you know what's what's something that's so crazy when I had Coach White on the show um the second the second episode, I got a chance to to dig into the numbers and his six years years he's been there, he's had the hardest strength of schedule. Uh harder than yeah. any other team in the SEC. And his record is so close um, matching up with Coach Donovan's first five to six years. Right. And I, I don't think Coach Donovan had to face the same exact adversity as Coach White has had to have. Uh, but Coach White, I love him to death. Uh, I think he fits the part. I think he's our guy. Um, oh, it's yeah, just, just, I definitely think he's, he's our guy. He's, he's every day. He's consistent. Um, uh, he knows the bat. He knows the game really well. I think he's, he's a good family man. How he balances it all, because I think he's got five kids. Uh, right. <laughs> as well, so I don't know how right. he balances having these great relationships with his guys and uh, being able to be a, a, a dad as well. But um, Lee, let's get into a little bit of post career stuff. You know, you after you you graduated, um, you know, you went undrafted. I went, I was undrafted as well. You know, what was your your journey like of wanting to pursue professional basketball I, for a bit? Yeah. So after. After senior year, I did what most guys do. I went and worked out for a whole bunch of teams flying all over the place uh, before the draft. Um, Played with the Wizards. um, And I actually, if I had to do it over again, I would probably, I committed to play for the Wizards. And then later on, I got a call from the Hawks. But it was already, I had already, you know, I was committed. I was going with the Wizards. I didn't know what to do. But Al was on the Hawks side. I just kept on thinking, oh, man, I wish I was the Hawks. Oh, man, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> it would have been cool. I mean, who knows? It probably would – if, if I'd have made it or not, but it would have been fun to play with, yeah. with Al a little bit more. Yeah. And then so afterwards, I went to Greece, which you know very well. I was with Pauk. 
Uh, I mean, to be honest, it was a really tough situation. I loved it there, though. I mean, Saloniki is an awesome city. The Greek League was a ton of fun. Fans are crazy. I mean, you, I always tell people, like, what should I do if I go to Europe? Like, if you're a sports fan at all, you need to go to Panathinaikos, Olympiakos game in Athens. Or you need to go to, like, Red Star, Olympiacos, or, you know, something. Red, 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 yeah. Europe, yeah. there's a huge derby rivalry game and you will see the most crazy sports atmosphere you've ever seen <laughs> dude the 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 things that i've i experienced in playing overseas basketball these huge derby games i'm like there's no way if this happened in america they would be in jail they would be going to jail <laughs> this game would be canceled there's no way and then i i remember when that when i hurt my knee and i was sitting out uh my first year uh, we were we were playing. I was with Olympiacos in Greece, and we were playing some smaller team. And, and you know how it is. You're when you're your super fans out there. They, they chant the entire game. They chant. Right. They have these things that they're saying the whole game. And I'm like, uh, my my younger teammate on my team sitting next to me. And I'm like, little Billy, man, what are these guys saying? And when he told me what they were saying, I was like, bro, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like that's like there's kids here. Like that's <laughs> like how how is that acceptable language? Like I'm I'm so I was like I'm so glad I can't understand what they're saying right. because they they are just that passionate uh, passionate about the sport. But uh, you know your your last year you ended up playing out in uh, in Lithuania. Right. Yeah. So I had I did I played a lot of places. I think I played eight countries in eight years. And I actually had a pretty short stint in Lithuania. I hurt my back when I was there. So I didn't stay that long, came back, rehabbed, and then, you know, hung up the towel. But, I mean, I absolutely loved my, my career. Uh, I had a ton of fun, met a ton of great people. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of great stories. <laughs> yeah, stories. I, I can imagine. I, I can imagine. I, we, we're, we're running, we're, we ran out of time here. And, uh, you know, when, when I finally get you on the golf course or, or get a chance yeah, to yeah. grab some, some lunch with you, love, love to hear them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear. So I know you've got some crazy stories. I, too, I got a handful. I got a handful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, so are you playing this year? I was playing a little bit earlier this year. I was in Israel. Then I got, I got released. Just, okay. you know, the, 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 the injuries, man. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really wore me, wore me down. Right. Well, you're what? 33? I will be 29 on, don't give me years. Man, what are you doing? I'm way off. Don't put that in the episode. <laughs> it's, it's in there. It's in there. Uh, man, I don't, I don't have any gray hairs. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, is it the beard? Is it? Uh, you know, math was never really my strong suit. <laughs> Matt, you're talking about doing calculus. Coach Shine had you doing, <laughs> taking you out of your calculus class. But um, I, I went to Greece after I got cut to strive to um, see if there's an opportunity Man, just with COVID, it's just like it was impossible to get into a practice gym. Um, oh, yeah. So I stayed for as long as I could um, without a visa, then came back home in December. December 30th, I've been here just just training, uh, kind of just have, trying to have balance. Right now, I'm, yeah. I picked my master's program back up, and I have an interview with SEC Network on uh, February 7th. So okay, great. Excited, excited to see where that's going to go. Um, you know, we, we all know that sports, the sports part of our life as far as playing, it ends for everybody at some point. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know, if I think I think uh, I've heard it many times on first take or any other guy saying, you know, once you start thinking about retirement, it's probably time for you to 
you know, start leaning that other way and, and, and yeah. you know, because you got plenty of life left to live. And, you know, right. I don't have any kids or a family yet, but I can imagine that, you know, you, for you, it was really important to uh, stay there consistently with your family and, and share all those memories. You probably didn't want to miss any of those, those, any part of your, your kid, your son's lives growing up or, or opportunities with your wife to continue to grow and connect. So uh, yeah. it, it probably wasn't too hard to decide to, to transition. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, it was actually hard. It was, it was <laughs> I mean, really hard, all, okay. All the things you, you, you say are true, but we were, so we, when I went to Lithuania, we had just had our first son. And so I did have to leave because we wanted to make sure it worked out before they came over. And so that was extremely hard. Uh, but the plan was for them to come over and be there with me. Right. Um, and we always enjoyed it because we, we traveled a lot uh, when it was you know, just my wife and I, and we would have done the same with our son too. So, but I mean, I, we, we loved it. And I was, in my mind, I kept telling myself, like, I'm gonna play till I'm 35. But, <laughs> the, I mean, your body real, I feel like once you hit 29, 30, I've started feeling it in my body quite a bit. Um, and it was, I, I, we, it was the right time to get out. I have no regrets about getting out when I did, but it was, it was tough at the time. It's like when you turn, you know, 29, 8, 29, 30, you got to start getting WD-40 just to like, oh, you know, yeah. get, the, get the little straw and just like inject it into the knees and the ankles to get them lubricated first. Right. And then you got to, you know, an hour and a half to warm up. And, and then, then once you play a game, uh, your body the next day is just like, what did you do? Why? Yeah. Why? Like yeah. your body's like, do you hate me? It's like, <laughs> right. When I was in Ukraine the, the season before um, Lithuania, I was in Ukraine 2014 when they had the the uprise revolution. You know, the oh, president wow. was ousted. I was in Kiev right there, so it was unbelievable. And Kiev was an awesome city. We loved it there. But I was before the last three months of the year. Before I even got out of bed, I was putting, I was taping my feet with plantar fasciitis <laughs> mm, man so every day for like three months before you got out of bed I, that was the first thing i did every day <laughs> plantar fasciitis is the worst yeah it's it's awful man i, I can only i can only imagine how yeah I, I experienced it uh twice i tore partially tore mine and i just dealt with it one time when it was really bad oh and, yeah uh, gosh man lee man it's, it's been a blessing having you on the show um i can't wait to connect with you now that I'm, I'm here in Jacksonville. I'm moving over yeah, to the town center area. Uh, okay. My birthday, my birthday is on the first. If, uh, if you would like, I'm, I'm having a group for Top Golf on, uh, on Monday from seven to, to nine, I think just a few hours, just something small, you know, you know, I don't want to make my 29th a huge thing. I just want to <laughs> be around some of my friends, have a few drinks, eat some food, hit some, beat, beat people in Top Golf. And, uh, you know, if you're more, you're more than welcome to come. It'd be great to see you. Uh, uh, but anyways, I'm here. I'm so thankful for this time to connect and uh, to, to get a little window into your life. Uh, very small. I can't wait to hear more. Hopefully, we can we can connect more now now that I'm here here in Jackson. So uh, golf course, you, you got me. Hit, one, hit me, hit me up anytime. My my dad, he coaches at over at Brentwood. Uh, just a little nine hole course on the north side. So if you want to okay. uh, ever run, run through there or Jack's Beach, if you, have you played Jack's Beach yet? Yeah. Uh, oh um, man, Jack's Beach. I don't know. I played a Jack's Beach course a long time ago, so maybe. It's off of, you know, you're, you're on a, uh, is that off of Beach Boulevard in Penman? You know, you know where oh, Angie no. Subs is? Oh, yeah. I know. It's, I've played that course, yeah. 
Okay, it's nice. There's around around uh, four o'clock. There's probably about forty to fifty people on the range. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just because they really they redid the course and um, the the greens are extremely fast. I go there every Thursday uh, around like four forty-five. I have a group of like uh, six guys that are like sixty years old and up that we just right. have, we have a we have a putting con a five dollar putting contest every Thursday. Uh, just old guys just talking crap to me, <laughs> talking crap to me the whole time, get, trying to get in my head, man. It's a, it, it's a good time, and you, you know you get a chance to get a little bit better as well. So uh, nice, yeah, man. I, I, lo I love the game. I, that's my my new competitive edge is, has shifted over more so into golf. Okay, well you can play that until you're you know seventy five. So <laughs> exactly. I hope hopefully it'd be great playing at seventy five, shooting a seventy five. Wouldn't that be a dream? Uh, yeah, that would be nice. I'm nowhere close, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all it's all good. Anyways, Lee, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you, you blessed me. You blessed uh, the people that are going to listen to this. Um, hope you have a, a continue to have a great 2021. Uh, you know, continue to practice gratitude and uh, spreading that kindness and that great smile you got around the rest of the world. Uh, hey. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you later, my guy. You have a good one. All right. Thanks, Pat. Hey, you too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. All right. See ya. Have a good night. And that was the show. Thank you guys so much for jumping in. Um, what a great time. Great time to uh, converse with Lee Humphrey, hearing about his life, his experiences, his adversity, his challenges, um, the way that he grew, the way that he knew his team was going to be so special. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for, for chiming in. Such a fun journey, being able to host this podcast and get into some meat, get into some great college basketball stories. Because a lot of times as sports fans, we watch the games, but we don't know the people uh, and their stories and what they've gone through to become who they are. Um, at the end of the day, they're just normal people, just like the rest of us. But thank you guys again so much for sharing this podcast. The reviews have been such a blessing and heartwarming for me. Continue to share and subscribe to this podcast. Also, uh, the, the Field of 68 Media Network. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And I'll let you guys leave. Last thing I'm going to leave you with, Gator Nation, stay proud.